that that may not have been the best idea. I, I don't know about that. So it's looking good so far. So I am prepared to announce that despite Windows 10, this mm-hmm. is the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode mm-hmm. number 87. Okay. It would become immediately apparent that we have Mr. J. Joseph Jr. with us. I don't know about that. He <laughs> And Mr. Michael Mahoney. I ate a whole cabbage for dinner. But uh, And Mr. Doug Wilson. Can we check uh, Mr. J's credentials? I'm not sure if he's supposed to be on this podcast. <laughs> I, don't, I don't recall ever hearing of Jay. We don't have a black guy on the podcast, do we? That doesn't sound right. We would never allow that. Not with all the things that we say about them. <laughs> oh, I think he really did leave. Well, I offended him. <laughs> we Sorry, tur- Jay. We turned him away at the door, and he's like, oh, okay, I'll get out of here. Well, you know what? Doug made a joke, so let's kill him. <laughs> Jokes is, are bad. It's a dark week here on the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode number eighty-seven. Um, let's. I mean, where, where should we? Where should we begin? Where do you guys want to start? I guess we could start by talking about Jay's vacation. He's not here to defend himself. I think. I think he, he had really, a great time. I think he really did die. <laughs> well, while he's gone, let's talk about the Dinklebot. How about that? Yes. Sure. So uh, Bungie announced today that they have uh, elected to uh, hire Nolan North, national treasure Nolan North, uh, to play the voice of popular Destiny character, the ghost that follows you around in the game. Um, and as part of being hired to play the ghost, uh, you he, they're also going to go back and unfortunately remove any dialogue recorded by, I presume, Sir Peter Dinklage. But I, do, but I don't know that. It's Commander Dinklage. Commander Peter Dinklage. Now, I haven't followed this. The, the thing is, he, he did a bad job, right? So he did, uh, he did a pretty bad job in the... Okay, I, I'm sorry about that. Oh, he's back. So what happened while well, I was missing? So we were just talking about how, how uh, old Peter... Uh, Peter Dinkles got kicked off of Destiny. Um, you you played Destiny, so you, I mean you you heard his you heard his voice acting. Do you think that it was bad enough to merit being removed completely? Uh, I think I thought we already talked about this. It just happened today, so I find it. Oh, it, you mean you mean if he was like if he was. I thought we talked about him being bad in Destiny. Well, I think when we were discussing that, it was when the beta was going, or it was, yeah, it was when the, I think it was alpha to beta, they re-recorded all of his dialogue. So the alpha came out and it was really bad. And he's like, that wizard came from the moon. Um, but then the, but then the regular uh, version of the I, game I came thought out. he was boring. Yeah. I was bad. I, I just thought it was kind of boring. And I mean, it was kind of supposed to be, right? Because he's he's just a robot. Like, I'm interested to see what Nolan North and can do to it. He's supposed to be heroic. That's true. A heroic robot. There was a uh, there was an example, and I've mentioned it on the podcast before. I think that I always cite where um, uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone talk about having uh, guest stars on South Park. And they always mention that in voice acting, you have to like really, really overact, um, like much more so than you would on on a stage or on a camera. You know, just just period. Basically, you have to really overact. And they said that even some of like the best actors and actresses that they bring in don't emote enough and don't like deliver quality performances because of the tone shift. 
But see, I, 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 I thought we worked out that for Destiny, it came down more to a directing issue and like their sound recordist, their sound engineer, whoever that was. Because in Game of Thrones, Peter Dinklage is fine. Well, but that's the point, right? Is Oh, you mean the Game of Thrones game? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess it helps that he's playing a character that he already plays on screen, so, like, he's able to just drop into that. I don't know, I think, I think, ow, goddammit, I think it's more of a, I think it's still more of a, a sound engineering and a, and a directing issue, because, you know, it's your, it's your responsibility to get the best out of that actor. Yeah, that's true, I mean, it, it's tough to have an actor who is, you know, a pretty quality actor, and then not get what you want out of him. Um, See, I think the problem is that uh, Destiny sucked balls. Yeah, I mean that part doesn't that part doesn't help for sure. I think that actually we could take a step back though, and even without blaming like sound engineers, directors, anybody like that, I think we could blame the writers because there is really no way to say like that wizard came from the moon. Let me let me ask this: um, Should they just replace the ghost with Wheatley? <laughs> with Stephen Merchant or whatever? Yeah. Um, it would be charming. What a charming game that would be. <laughs> Nolan North uh, replaces Peter Dinklage. Good thing, bad thing, probably good thing. Uh, right? I think are we all, everyone's satisfied? I won't play it to experience it. I, I wish I had a painkiller. <laughs> yeah, me too. Those look good. Peter Dinklage probably wants painkiller as well. Oh, he's fine. He doesn't not, care. No, I'm all. not saying because he's not he's, fine because he lost he's all the money. Pixels. I mean, he's gonna. F- Peter Dinklage is not fine. Well, he didn't lose money for being in pixels. He, he will. <laughs> He'll lose respect, but he won't I'm lose sure money. Peter just wants an alcoholic beverage. Who doesn't? Yeah. Uh, what? Okay. Has anyone has anyone seen Pixels? God no. Are you, Does anyone plan to see Pixels? No. What's Pixels? I think I think someone. I think Michael should go see Pixels and come back. Actually, and report I, to us with how it is. Actually, I like that idea. <laughs> he just sees it alone. Uh, how many how many dollars do you need, Michael, to go see Pixels? <laughs> what does a movie ticket cost these days? Like seventy eight dollars? No, like uh, like seven fifty. Hmm. Twenty if you're in New York, but I think I think where you are. I think it's actually nine fifty here. I guess I would need nine fifty. All right, there it is. Okay. That's Michael's true. No assignment. You're going to see Pixels and come back and tell us about it. I mean, someone right, but, someone but. needs to tell us how good it is. <laughs> If I do this, I get time to rant about it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Of course. I can't have fun. you cutting out like all of my. I mean, I'm, I'm actually really excited about just this because I know, have heard people you know, don't like. I would think, I would think, actually listening to listening to you um, and some of the problems that you're dealing with this week, I would think that you would really empathize with Adam Sandler, <laughs> who who keeps getting into trouble for his edgy comedy. Uh, yeah, his edgy comedy, and having an Indian in his He's in like, his Native American, I'm sorry, Native American in his uh, Western named Beaver Breath. He's such he's such on the cutting edge of what. Um, didn't Pixels come under fire for like misogyny and all that as well? I'm sure. I'm sure it uses a bunch of words it's not supposed to. Okay, I'm getting more on board here. <laughs> yeah, see, I think that you and Adam Sandler are kindred spirits. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> Let's not go. Wait. Okay, I'm, Michael. I'm talking like Happy Gilmore, Adam Sandler, I'm gonna, or like current day Adam Sandler. I'm going to run you through the Adam Sandler personality test quiz, and we'll see if you're him. All right. Are you ready? Here you go. Okay. Do you do you like money? Yes. How much do you like money? 
more than family, God, or country. Would you compromise uh, quality in a product that you had some like control over if, if it meant you'd get more money? Of course. And uh, lastly, if you saw a poor, starving child on the street, would you uh, curb stomp them until they were dead? Did they ask me for money? No, they're just, <laughs> they're just there. No, then I'd probably leave them be. Okay, great. You're Adam Sandler. What if someone oh. offered you money to curb stomp a kid? How much money? <laughs> One dollar. Trick question. I would have done it anyway. I would have done it for free. Well, no, not for free, but any amount of money. All right, so I'm Adam Sandler. I it guess would, I'm going to see Pixels. It would seem so. All right. That sounds like a great idea. I can't wait. Okay, that's a that's a Sunday project. Pixels, sure to be a classic. I'm going to be the only guy there. Oh, yeah, more than likely. I I bet I'm going to go there and ask oh, for a God. ticket, and then the, the ticket guy is going to be all, like, bashful. It's like, we, we don't actually have the movie there. Maybe watch them just take your ticket and then they just take you to like a closet <laughs> and just like push you in the closet and lock the door for two hours. Like you'll thank us when it's over. Maybe they'll be like, are, are you sure you want to see this movie? Maybe why not Mission Impossible or, or literally anything else? We've got an exciting popcorn maker. Okay. Um. All right. Anyway, so I guess one of the other things we should probably talk about is yes, we we went to a um, we went to indie uh, game night. The Utah. This is, indie this is an awesome. Night. This is an awesome segue. So let's let's uh, here, here's here's what I'll say. We went to uh, we went down to BYU, which is not a place where where any of us would normally be allowed. Um, and we we spoke to a group of indie game developers down there, uh, just about kind of press relations and interacting with the media, and gave them just some suggestions for things that that um, would make us at the very least more responsive uh, to to following up on press requests and and you know reviewing and covering games on our site. And um, I think it went over pretty well. I think I think that we probably I, I don't know maybe we helped someone. So what's like? Give me some of the advice. I mean, I know I'm asking for the podcast listeners. What's some of the advice you gave out? So I'll tell you, like, um, and so we actually gave some examples of like PR companies that we really like working with versus PR companies who uh, maybe are, are have proven more difficult or who we wouldn't, you know, uh, run something for. I think if I had like two critical takeaways or or things that I wish pieces of advice that I wish everyone would follow. Uh, especially in the indie game industry. I can boil it down to three things. Um, don't send us announcement emails and expect us to post about them. Um, because it, if we're being frank, indies have a high abandonment rate. And just statistically, it doesn't make sense to post about every announced game. Like if you don't have a screenshot, if you just have like a logo, um, you really don't have any business expecting us to post about it. I wouldn't say so. Um, my other advice was uh, limit the number of times that we interact. So basically, um, just send a Steam key, like right off the bat. They don't they don't charge you any money for every key you print. Steam doesn't even, to my knowledge, limit the number of keys that you can have. So any developer who has sent us a key, and I'll, I'll say that right now on the podcast, if you have given us a key for your game, we have played it. We may not have covered it, depending on... 
you know, timetables and, and whether or not the coverage would have even been favorable. Uh, but we have played it at the very least. And I've played a lot of games that I never would have played normally just based on the fact that we had a key in front of us. And sometimes I really wound up liking those games. Um, I think the Counting Kingdom, that is maybe an example of a game where I had no desire to play it whatsoever, but they sent us a key, so we tried it. And uh, it wound up being pretty good, actually. I think it has like a four on the site, I want to say. Um, you, missed a, you, missed a, you missed a piece of advice. Oh, I... Any, any time you send a press release out, um, be sure to say you're on the lookout for a six-foot black male in a hoodie. A bolo? Is that... I think that's what you call that. He might have a gun. He might have kidnapped a child. He does have a gun. <laughs> there. I had another point, and now I forgot it. Um, Good. Uh, We're doing um, well. Oh, oh, oh. I remember. Um, give us some goddamn lead time. Oh, yeah. That's because... Important. Uh, I'm I'm covering a game Give right now. Give the black now. guy some goddamn lead time, too, so we can get a good classic car chase out of it. I'm going to talk about this game a little later. I'm In a white Bronco. I'm covering a game right now, and it's a game that I like uh, quite a bit, but they're only giving us three days to review it, and um, it's just not practical. Like, There's so many other games that I've got that I'm working on as well that have more feasible uh, lead times, and so I'm going to try and knock those ones out so that we have something ready on launch day instead of trying my best to get this one done and missing it and uh, and having a, a, a problem there. So, like, give me a week or, or two. Two would be even better. I know when you make a game that, like, all you want to do at that point when you're done is release it, but just wait. Just wait a tiny bit, and you can get so much more press because people will have actually had time to play it and can have a review on launch day. Because after after launch day, you're, the review means very little. You're not on the top of, like, the Steam charts or anything like that. Nobody's Googling your game anymore after launch day. Like, there's a sweet spot for when someone wants to publish a review for a game. And if you set a two-day time limit, they're not going to hit it. So that is my that is probably the biggest thing that I wish. is just that almost everybody uh, gave out just a little. There's a couple people who are, who are dead on the money. Uh, we're playing a couple games right now, I think, that have given us ample time. Um, but some of my favorite games, they're like, okay, here it is. It's coming out in an hour. And it's like, all right, great. It's too bad. So, Todd Howard, if you're listening at home, can we get like a two-week lead on Fallout 4? And like maybe like five copies? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, and like, in all seriousness, like look at Nintendo. They will be like, they'll be done. Uh, they'll have a whole month where where everybody has the game in the press and in the media. Um and then Nintendo actually does something I don't like, which is that they, well, no, um, I think they wait and see how feedback is, and then they, uh, they remove the embargo. But something else I was going to mention is if you don't have an embargo, that makes it a lot less likely or, or uh, that we'll cover the game. Because it means that somebody who has like an infinite amount of time who isn't us, will have already put up a review and ours has less meaning. Like, you want to try and get all the reviews to come out on the same day, not trickle out as people finish them. That would be... Uh, unless, you're, unless you're Warner Brothers. Well, then you want to uh, do all kinds of weird shit <laughs> with the reviews. Then you, <laughs> then you need each review to be, like, hand-checked by an intern 
And make sure it says the word super cool at least three times. Also, monkeys probably gave out the keys. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Like, 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 like a monkey just randomly typed on the keyboard and that determines who gets keys. I don't know what they're doing. I've never seen somebody who has, like, a good game so frequently and mishandles it so greatly. Like, how remarkable. <laughs> um, and I guess maybe that would be my, my final thought on it is it seems weird to me that the people who are, like, super eager to give out keys... Uh, don't always have the best games, and the people who have really good ones are really stingy with it. Because again, there's not really any limit. You would think you'd want to get as many reviews as you can when you know that your game is excellent. Um, but like, uh, being candid, like Atlas just sent us a key for a game that's not super great. But when Persona Five comes out, I know that's going to be almost impossible to get. I don't understand why that would be the case. I would think you'd want to get Persona 5 into as many hands as you can because they're all going to come back with awesome reviews. Because fuck you, that's why. I don't know. Hey, we never talked about, since you bought a Persona 5, we never talked about how Hatsune Miku's been dancing all night. Uh, Yeah, I, did we not? Oh, did we? I don't oh, remember. My, my memory's really bad. I've been drinking painkillers all week. That's what I hear. So I was worried. You said this a lot, and I was never really clear whether you were drinking a cocktail called a painkiller <laughs> or whether you were drinking and also taking painkillers. No, it's a, I guess it's a local specialty to the, Virgin, to the U.S. Virgin Islands called the painkiller, which it's basically a pina colada with like none of the frozen nonsense. And uh, it comes with shaved nutmeg. I, I, I had to get them to start holding the nutmeg after a while because it was making me sick. But um, it's super awesome, delicious. And I think after I talked about it, enough Doug went and made his own. And it was pretty good. I mean, I didn't make it like perfect because I didn't use the right rum because you're supposed to use Purser's rum or some shit. Oh, yeah. Pur yeah. Purser's dark rum. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Did you have like cream of coconut just sitting around? Yeah. Not good cream of coconut, but I had some. You had some Smith's, the uh, Walmart brand cream of coconut. <laughs> no, it was Coco like, Rio. It's like really good. There's like, I basically had nothing else to do down there except drink those every hour on the hour. I mean, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I was doing that. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Were those were those included, or uh, did your did your dad get like a bill at the end that's going to make <laughs> his eyes pop out of his head? I I paid for. No, I, I got a couple of free ones. Um, ah, ah. And I got did, other did you start a punch me. card when you get to, got to the bar? <laughs> yeah, it's like a subway. Like a, they give you like a, a, a card for like a free rum teeny that you can get. And I just stole my other family members and I just had those painkillers nonstop. Um, I think the first day I was chilling on the beach... And my sister was like, hey, do you want a daiquiri? I'm going to go get a daiquiri. I'm like, mm. you know what? I haven't had one of those in a really long time. Sure, get me one. She comes back. She's like, they didn't have these daiquiris, but they had these things called Amish pirates and these things called painkillers. So I got them both, and you could try which one and see what you like. Um, and then I had one painkiller. And then I had another one. And then I had another one. And then I lost track at some point. Best vacation ever. That is that is kind of weird. They couldn't make a daiquiri. That does sound like you're running your tropical island poorly. Like I think I could make a daiquiri. I don't even, <laughs> yeah. I don't even think with no planning whatsoever. I'm pretty sure I'm equipped to make a daiquiri right now. 
It's like rum and lime juice. How hard is that? It doesn't get much simpler. There's right. a lime shortage in the Virgin Islands, all right? Yeah. And, 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 I don't think they anyway. like citrus fruit very much down there. So Anyway, I, I the only thing I miss about that trip are, are the painkillers. All right. Fair enough. You didn't get like I, a how little. Did we get here? You didn't get like a little native boy to take with you, take home, um, raise him to serve you. I got a stuffed monkey. Oh, that's right. You did say you got a stuffed monkey. All right. Well, trip. His name is, his name is First Mate Monkey. Trip success. Um, I sure. did. I did. I wasn't quite. Um, so on the indie games night, I did want to mention. I think. I think all three of us thought like five people would be there. And um, the reality was pretty different. I would say there was probably, what, like 30 to 40, would you guys say? About yeah. That, yeah. Something like that. And, um, I mean, if we're being honest, I, th- I think we also didn't think we were going to see, like, any great games. And I actually saw a couple that I really, really liked. I think everything that was being shown was, like, at least on the level. And then, like, there were just some standouts, you know, among there. Like, I think, I think almost everybody there who was showing a game had, had at least, like, an idea which sometimes you can't even say that much. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, if you if you demoed your game that night, you're probably not listening to the podcast this far. But uh, <laughs> I actually thought there was quite a few cool things there. I was I was pretty surprised and in a good in a good way. Yeah, I uh, I thought it was I thought it turned out pretty good. And and so the, my follow up to that is I know that we didn't necessarily, or at least I didn't get to see every single game. I know that you guys got to see a couple more. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we will have a second opportunity, hopefully, to meet some devs uh, this weekend at the Salt Lake Gaming Con, um, which we will be at in some capacity or another. So if you're in the Salt Lake area and uh, you haven't heard of that convention, you should attend it because if we get a lot of attendees this year, uh, then next year maybe we can have like a really good one, you know, like our own little packs here. So it blows my mind that we could have such a successful comic con in Salt Lake and not have like a gaming convention to match. So um, I'm not being like paid. I don't have any idea who's organizing it. In fact, we've found it kind of difficult to get in touch with the people who are organizing it. Um, but, uh, but if you like video games and you are in Salt Lake this weekend, you should go. And if you can't go, you should just buy the ticket anyway. So that next year, think of it like an investment for a really good show next year. That's what I would say. That's a solid plan. So anyway, we'll be there. I think we're going to be there on Saturday. I don't know if you guys are planning on going into the other, the other two days. Um, I may try to hit it up on Friday, depending on how my, uh, how work goes. I was thinking of something similar, so if you decide to do that, let me know. I wouldn't mind going and kind of getting the lay of the land, because I'm, sure, mm. I'm sure Saturday will be the busy day, if they even have a busy day. I have no idea what their attendance is going to look like or, or what exactly is going on. Um, I think they just announced that PlayStation was going to have some kind of presence there um, in, in like partnership with GameStop. So again, what, is, what does that mean? I don't know. There will be a PlayStation there. Um, there. What's the latest PlayStation game? They'll be demoing that. Um, until dawn. Uncharted two. <laughs> Uncharted two. <laughs> They'll be demoing Uncharted two all night. So come check it out. I think you guys will really like it. It's a cool game. He um, he uh, falls off a train. You're gonna, It's good. It's a good game. Yeah. Should we talk about some other games? Nah. Jay's going to get tickled by this. So um, you guys probably heard about about old Jared Fogle 
and uh, his cell phone and they searched it and they found, um, by the way, he's the subway guy to those of you just joining us. They found good things. They searched his phone and it turns out he's been a bad, bad subway man. He likes giving his subway sandwiches to underage people. Oh, wait, this is about video games? He doesn't. I'm really excited to see how you pull this together. Here's here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. It, when he goes into Subway, he orders the foot long, but he does not feel the same way uh, when it comes to just regular life. Um, so. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, uh, if they if they found some fucked up shit in that Jared's phone, I am now really concerned about what the police are going to find if they look in this Jared's PS Vita. Because I have been playing Dungeon Travelers Two, and um, no, it's too it's too hard to it's Dun- Dungeon Travelers. You know what? The email I got said Dungeon Travelers Two, and I got it, and I said, "Fuck, my two weeaboos are out of the country." I wouldn't have touched that anyway. Damn it! You, you know, there's like you know, it, it, I don't know. It's kind of like um, uh, what's, a, what's a good description? It's like it's like um. A baby chick, right? A baby chick, freshly hatched, but they see like a snake out out there, and you know not to go near the snake, right? Do they? I might be, I might be one of your resident weeaboos, but that's why I know not to go near it too hard. Oh, okay, all right. So you're like, you're like a, um, like a biker gang who knows which biker bars to avoid. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, I'll let you guys know that this game is. I mean, it's not. It works on a functional level, but this is <laughs> this is what I'll say. This is what I'll say. Before I even downloaded it, the um, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say about this because I think that some of this is under embargo. But um, I think I can at least tell you that even the no, actually, I, I can't say that. Never mind. I won't. I won't say that. I don't want to get in trouble. All right. <laughs> can you tell us and then just edit it out? Well, so yeah, so let me, instead of talking about that, let me talk about the game's kind of mechanics here. So, it's a dungeon crawler. This, I don't know if this is like a fad in Japan or or what, but basically you're dropped into a dungeon in first person, and you can just move in four directions. It plays kind of like the crypt in Mortal Kombat, um, and occasionally you encounter monsters. All the monsters, all the characters will describe them as monsters, but they appear to just be scantily clad women and and tangerines or nectarines. I don't know. Some kind of fruit. I keep running into a fruit. I think it's a tangerine. Um, like a tiny orange? Yeah, yeah. Like a little orange, but it's not an orange. It's a tangerine. It's tangelo. <laughs> I don't think so. So anyway, so anyway, you run into these guys and you kill them. And you are, um, so your main character is male, but all of his warriors are female, and they're all very scantily clad. Um, and you wander around this dungeon, and you have a, a special ability as, as the only male around that lets you, um, that lets you basically, kind of like Pokemon, you can basically capture a monster, sort of, except you're not really, you're not really capturing the, the monster so much as you are capturing their energy. Oh. And when you capture their... Uh, yeah, sorry, Michael. Um, it's nowhere near as funny. But when you capture their energy, it it will show you a, like, um, 
a picture of them in a very compromising, like nearly sexual position. This, this sounds like every worst Japanese game I've. And I, I guess, I guess these get so sexual that they had to edit some of them out in order to get an, in order to not get an AO rating. Um, so some of some of our quality Japanese hotness is, but is the missing. art's not even good. No, actually, I would I would say that the art is pretty good. At least, oh, it is. At okay. least what I've seen so far. No, I I think the game is um is actually pretty immaculately drawn uh looks much nicer yeah i think you had played that odyssey uh, uh what's it called Od- odyssey eternal lot no Wait, are you talking about operation game? abyss operation abyss <laughs> that's okay it's like it's very it's almost the exact same game gameplay wise but i think the art is better in this than it is in operation abyss even better than the um than the preset artwork uh sure i'm not sure you know they, they're like two different versions of the art there's like this really doofy uh 1980s i just woke up in freshman year of art school and and did this while i was on the crapper and then there were like these super detailed super well done uh pieces of art well and so maybe that's the comment i'd make is just that things are more consistent um, right. It's a pretty consistent game. Um, I'm looking at it. It looks pretty average. Yeah, I mean, little, it looks a little below average. Actually, I don't know that it's gonna like win an award anytime soon, <laughs> but it's been passable so far. Um, it is whoever whoever translated it is obviously having some fun with it. Uh, so the good news is you can now get these two hard two PVC statues, and I know you want those. I don't. I Hold really on. don't. Oh. What were you saying about translation? Because I used to do translation localization, and it's horrible. So, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of jokes that I feel like would not have made it through translation, and I'm wondering if they've been added after the fact. Um, just li- little stuff like wordplay and things like that. Mm. Um, what is someone doing? Like an exercise? That's my cat. Oh, and I apologize for that. Yeah, that's all right. I was just worried that you were enjoying my description of this game a little too much. <laughs> I, I was, but I was quiet about it. <laughs> Thank you. So Good old silent stroke. Oh, what the fuck was I gonna say about this masterpiece? Oh, so like <laughs> I see I see a cat girl. Let's see, with um Okay, she's definitely laid up. Like she's about to get it. <laughs> That's an extremely small bikini. So there's there's one point very early on where you meet the two like night women who are going to be escorting you through the first dungeon, and I think I think the floor collapsed. I'm having trouble remembering already, but you like wake up and and see them and they're on top of each other and one of them is like bent over with a, a ridiculous upskirt shot, and um, they remark that they while they're sitting in this compromising position they remark to you they're like oh it's you we know you from the past and um, it's more detailed than that they're like we, we remember you from school and they're like uh, you've grown and and your character says like yes I've grown at least four inches and then one of the other one of the girls says I wish you could give me some of those inches <laughs> what the, little, the girl's probably short and she wishes she was taller well no it's, it's played very innocently he's like yeah that's not how height works unfortunately but oh hey there's the picture that's uh modest <laughs> yeah it's it's quite a game it makes me feel um 
It makes me feel old. Like a pervert. I, I, I bet it makes me feel a lot of things. I see, I see like a picture pop up. I'm like, that's not appropriate. Why do they have to why do they have to draw that? Why did that nice boy who knew how to draw, why do you have to draw that? Man, this is pretty gratuitous. It is. It's this game is all about the well, fan service. It, it could be worse. It could be Necopara. Is I mean, yeah, I think I remember you talking about that one. I don't know. Um, it says it's called Dungeon Travelers 2, but I can't figure out if there's a Dungeon Travelers 1. I don't... There's, I mean, there's definitely other two hearts, and the original two heart was like some uh, kind of crappy adult visual novel. So that was about all... So this is... So all, then this is the probably... Sex. So this is like a separate entity. Like, this is something where it has more... Yeah, I, I mean, I, like, the series has gone on for a while. Like, since you... Since we were kids, I think... Since we were young and this has been around. That's weird. Um, in fact, let's see if we can find a year for the first two hearts. Yeah, I'd love it if you could explain to me what the hell is going on. Looking at this costume, I don't think that that would keep the nipples. <laughs> there there I mean, are I a lot. I don't think that's, that's going to happen. There are actually a lot of shots in this that are so gratuitous that I think so, they just couldn't draw nipples or it would be porn. The original Two Heart was out in 1997. Oh, wow. So it has been out around for a while. Yeah. But so what is Dungeon Travelers 2? Because it says it's Two Heart 2. So it hasn't been 20 years since there was a sequel. What am I playing? Two Heart, two heart 2 is a role-playing video game. Blah, blah, blah. The game was a spin-off from Two Heart 2 franchise. And let's see, the Two Heart 2... Two Heart Two Dungeon is Travelers Two Boogaloo is a Japanese romance <laughs> visual novel developed by Leaf. Blah blah blah, and Leaf was indeed. Yep, Leaf was indeed responsible for. Oh, maybe they. Yeah, they were responsible for the for the original Two Heart. So it it is all the same series. It's just spinoffs and all that other shit. So you hmm. know, just remember, it all started about sex, <laughs> about weird weird sex. You know, guys, it's it's been fun podcasting, but I think I'm just gonna go look at screenshots for a while. <laughs> oh, I, if I would have known, I would have just loaned you the Vita. Actually, no, <laughs> yeah, and you would have gotten it back all sticky. No, never mind. I take it back. Those I would not never have. work again. <laughs> oh, guys, it's. I mean, it's not really a bad game so far. Like, it's it's a pretty functional RPG. It's just not really interesting. Like, it, it plays a lot like RPG Maker would. Um, like the battle system doesn't show the characters, it just shows the monsters, which to me, uh, all of which are sexy ladies, which to me is always reminiscent of like the default RPG maker battle system, which by the way, as a side note, one of the first things I mentioned at the games guild, um, <laughs> was that, was that we all met playing RPG maker and that's why we didn't like it very much. And then, and then I was stupid and I asked, is anybody working in it now? And like a poor little girl who's there with her father, like raises her hand and looks sad. Oh, what did you do? I told, I told them that RPG maker was bad. You know, and you could told you her that he didn't, her. she didn't have a future. Well, I mean, I didn't really mean it was bad. I'm not saying that it's impossible to make a good game with RPG Maker. You broke her heart. We have help, Willie. You, you scared her away from game development. You misogynist asshole. Yeah, Obviously. don't you know they need more chicks in STEM? <laughs> well, you know what? She actually had like a demo to show that had a pretty cool concept. and 
Um, and that wasn't an RPG maker. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I, if you're listening to this, anyone, follow your RPG maker dreams. <laughs> follow them all the way. Man, this is just so gratuitous. All right, all right let's stop looking at that. I, I don't think I can. Let's move on. To you know, guys, there's like things. stuff with better art out there. You don't have to settle for this. Yeah, but it's right here. <laughs> like, he doesn't have to search for it. He didn't yeah, have to think about it. It just came up. Someone, <laughs> someone, please, like, come rescue me because I don't think I'm. Uh, well, you know uh, what? Yeah, I, I think you know who's playing two hard three, Jarrett. All right, there you go. We'll send that right over to him. It's going to be the slowest review ever. <laughs> Can only play in eight minute increments. Yeah, that, that review is going to be your new girlfriend. I'm already giving it six slimes. I mean, it seems like a pretty quick review to me. You're giving it some slimes, all right. <laughs> all right, all right. No. Okay. Should we talk about? Uh, I'll tell you guys about the other game I've been playing this week. Then, um, it is called. Uh, it has a very long mouthful of a title. It is called Hidden. That's what she said. Hidden on the trail of the ancients. And uh, I've been playing it for just the last couple of days. This is the one I was talking about where we didn't get a ton of lead time on it, but it doesn't seem to be a very long game. So I'm just kind of playing through it real quick and, and seeing if we can finish it in time for, for launch day, which is actually tomorrow. So I'm finding it difficult to imagine a scenario where we have a review in time <laughs> for launch day. But it won't be too far behind, I, I think. Um, this is uh, This is a game that I thought... I would never see again, and I'm kind of excited to have one back, even if it's not perfect. Um, it is a it is a point and click adventure game in a first person format uh, that's kind of akin to like Mist. You guys remember Mist, right? Yeah, unfortunately. So like you can't move, you you don't have control over your feet, but you can click to like move to different areas. And interact with objects and solve puzzles. Like the gameplay is very, very similar to Mist. Um, it sounds like you don't have a fond memory of it. Does anybody have a fond memory of Mist? <laughs> I never played it and never really cared to. I, I played it, but I was I was too young. I wasn't gonna figure it out. So I don't know if it would have been something I would have enjoyed a little bit later, but I, I could see myself getting into a game like that again. Yeah. It was, um, it, for me, it was, I, I, I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more if I had it on a PC, but I wound up getting it on, I think, the Sega Saturn, which is probably not the ideal, like, setup to enjoy Myst, um, but I remember liking it quite a bit. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any ideal setup to enjoying Myst. I just had a lot of trouble with it. I, it was very challenging to my, to my youth brain. Um, I think you mean the part where... It didn't tell you anything whatsoever. Yeah, and this is that the part that confused you. This game fixes that. So if you're if you're bothered by just the complete lack of direction, this is like missed in tone and style, not necessarily in function uh, all the time. So like um, in in this game, they have a you you press G to bring up like your objectives, and it'll show you like the four different things that you're working on at that moment. And um, each of the objectives will have a little question mark next to them. And if you hit it, the game will give you a hint. And then it, it waits 90 seconds before you can get another hint. Um, and the hints are still pretty vague. So like, even if you get them, you may not solve the puzzle without spending a, an interesting amount of time on it. Um, but it's actually it's pretty good. It's a, it's a horror game. So it has a lot of like creepy elements to it. Um, 
you're a uh, you're a young explorer who is uh, headed down into um, into the depths of Argentina to um, link up with an expedition. Uh, oh, so this is what Lucio is doing right now. Sort of, yeah. It's kind of like Lucio's life, basically. Um, he but did say he was going to some abandoned ruins. Yeah, yeah. So basically, you you're going to some abandoned ruins where your uncle is, and you guys are trying to uncover some like ancient secret. Um, but needless to say, things aren't going well. And what? Are you kidding? Uh, yeah. Can you believe it? Things aren't going great. Wait, wait. I don't want to play a game where things go badly. There, there have been some issues along the way. Um, the guy who you were supposed to meet before you go meet up with the expedition seems to have gone crazy in the boarding house where he has been staying. And it appears that not only has he died, but he has also sacrificed someone. So you're saying there's shenanigans about. <laughs> so, so things have taken. Are there, are there japes as well? I would say, yes, there are japes, almost certainly. Um, no, it's it's not very lighthearted um, at all. It's very, very serious. And uh, So it's like finding out you have cancer. So as you might guess, this was developed by, by a team in Argentina. Um, and so because of that, occasionally there are some translation issues. And um, sometimes the the voice acting or the writing feels a little off, um, which is tough when you have a game that has really like no sense of humor whatsoever. Um, mm. And I, I, but at the same time, like I think it's hard to make horror and have a sense of humor, right? Uh, there's Silent Hill. I don't. I haven't played enough Silent Hill. Would you guys say that Silent Hill has like a, a chuckle in it? Oh yeah, yeah. really. I mean, I saw like the UFO ending, or or like the dog. That, that's ending. part of it. I mean, sometimes sometimes there's just like weird, kind of bizarre, kind of fun stuff. And then, hey, by the way, I think we did skip a piece of news. Speaking oh. of Silent Hill, oh yeah, we 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 slipped soft we, bottom. We we missed the slavery conditions at Konami. Oh man, isn't that crazy stuff? Did you did, did you look at the article, Michael? Because it's in the original is in Japanese. Oh, I didn't look at the Japanese article, no. So we're we're just relying on everybody else to tell us what it says instead of actually knowing what it says. So maybe it's been mistranslated and what they meant is that Konami is a very nice place <laughs> and would never do things like making people sleep outside. Well, they well, okay, so so I guess if you if you piss the grand overlords of Konami off, you'll get moved to completely different departments. Uh, completely different position. So it sounds like, or a factory. It, could, it, it sounds like it could be. I don't know. Uh, head of research and development, and if you get the wrong people mad, you will be a security guard at the factory. I heard that if you're Hideo Kojima, they'll just fire you completely. <laughs> and if you really piss them off, they'll take your name off your own game. And so I was reading. I was reading some of the stuff that. Konami is accused of doing, and it sounded a little kind of, sort of, very illegal. In Japan, though? I don't, I don't know. Have you, heard, have you heard of anyone else in Japan ever doing anything like that? I don't know. Like, like, has anyone at Nintendo ever been like, hey, we don't like this Mario game, so now we're going to move you into slave labor conditions? You know, a girl I dated over there, she was an office worker, but occasionally she did get sent to the factory to help out with production. Oh my god. 
Is this a true? I really don't. I can't tell if you're being funny. No, I'm. That's actually what she would do sometimes. Oh. Well, then it's normal, and we should expect it. I mean, that's not even unheard of for American <laughs> manufacturing. Yeah, I mean, if you work for the right company, it's not weird that you would... The floor people go on strike, they send their office workers out to the forge. Right. It sounds a touch outlandish, even for a Japanese company, but at the same time, you, you know how some people can be when there's nobody to tell them to stop, so maybe it's true. You know, it, it astounds me uh, with U.S. labor laws sometimes, uh, just how much, like... Just how shitty you can be legally, um, and so with Japanese labor laws, it, it could be the same. I honestly don't know. Um, yeah, but a lot of that stuff—it's not legal. It's just nobody reports it. No, yeah, no one's, no one's checking them on it. No one, yeah. no one will enforce it. Even right, it, you can't just go to like the labor law department and be like, "My boss was mean to me. You need to fire him." Hey, Mister Labor. <laughs> exactly. Help me out here. You're not going to believe what my boss did. I don't know why you sound like that in Japan, but you do. <laughs> oh, I thought we were talking about America. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think we're coming up pretty close to the end of our shortest podcast <laughs> on record. Like Wait, four what? minutes? Before... We didn't even talk about, about Assassin's Creed Pirates. Oh, okay. So tell me, so tell me what, what is this? <laughs> it's a cell phone app. And I'm guessing that you got desperate while you were in the Virgin Islands and decided to play this cell phone game. It's actually the best cell phone game I've ever played. That's a high praise. Tell me more. I mean, because it's basically a video game. It's basically all the ship stuff in Assassin's Creed with nothing else. Oh, so that's, like, a, that's just, actually pretty good. Yeah, you just kind of like drive your ship around. I mean, the controls are slightly different for your weapons, and they unlock slowly. And, of course, there's real money transactions, but it's basically the ship battles nonstop. Um there's some shitty mini games. Like there's a shitty Temple Run mini game that I avoid. But um, you know, it's I guess if you're Ubisoft, the most competent thing you're going to do is a cell phone app. All right. I mean, <laughs> I that's the way the market's heading, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Isn't that where we're going? That's where we're headed. We're all just going to be making cell phone apps pretty yep. soon. I know that when I want a great gaming experience, I pull up the Android Play Store. I usually get out my Motorola for when I want good gaming. Hey, you guys remember the N-Gage? Oh, yeah. It wouldn't seem like such a dumb idea today, would it? No, actually. Yeah, yeah I, it would. Yeah, you know, it's, it's still a pretty dumb idea. Yeah, I guess I guess it's pretty bad still. You're all just haters. You like the N-Gage? N-Gage is where it's at. Did anybody here actually own one? No. Uh, uh, what, how, what I, was I made that? some was stupid choices with my money, but... No, not the Wonder Swan. The, the, the who, who had a Wonder Swan? Does anyone have a Wonder Swan? I used to have a Wonder Swan. US? That doesn't sound real. I don't think I don't think you can. I'm not sure how Jay got a Wonder Swan. I got one. Okay, so maybe there's there's a follow up question. What is the most obscure console that you have owned in your lifetime? Go. Sega Pico. You had the Sega Pico. Yes. <laughs> What about the other two of you? Nothing? Uh, a GameCube? Yeah, that's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty out there. I just owned normal ones. You didn't have like a... <laughs> Doug was one of the cool kids. You didn't have like a um, like an Intellivision or... No. Nothing crazy? I mean, 
maybe one of those shitty 500 games in one electric ones. Well, yeah, yeah, that's a good one, too. Like the built-in nonsense. Yeah, and they're all terrible. Man, the Sega Pico is a good one. <laughs> I, I literally, I literally forgot that existed until just now. Oh shit, that's amazing. I had a Nomad. Do you guys remember the Sega Nomad? Oh, man, I remember the Nomad. Yeah, was that the one you could play Sega Genesis games on? Yes, and it took like <laughs> it took like twelve double A's. Um. And they would they would be dead within hours. Within hours, like just just maybe the game gear was already pretty bad. Just just then, maybe like two hours. You had to actually hack into the grid. It could it could two plug hours. in though. It had a uh, it, it had a uh, AC adapter that you could plug in. I'm trying to find. I'm curious how many batteries it took, but I don't see. I don't see anything because um, I really don't remember. Nope, I can't find a number of batteries. There's nothing. I, I had to look up what a Pico is. So this was an educational game console. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, like like it, it, you would get books that you would put into the console and play them on your video game screen. There's like a little tablet pen and everything. Aren't you, those just the fucking worst? You have actually probably seen one before and just didn't realize that Sega made it. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my mom got. Or my grandfather, he got something like this for my nephew for Christmas last year. And kids are stupid, but they're not that stupid. He wasn't fooled. Oh, but was it was it like the leapfrog or whatever? I don't remember, but it. I mean, it looks shitty. Like you know, he's playing like on the PlayStation Four, and I don't know some dumb shit on PlayStation Four. And then he goes to like this shitty like sixteen bit game that's trying to teach him how to read. And he's like, oh, you can't fool me. <laughs> no, nobody asked me, like, what sh- should we get this? Should we get the boy an educational game? And I got told, him, like, no, he's not stupid. That's, that's going to be the best learning experience is giving him the game and seeing him not play it. I mean, everybody has to play, like, an educational game at some point. I think we all have, like, at least one that we could have, a, like, like Oregon Trail. Right, but those were provided to us in places where like, Commander Keen. Commander Keen. Number Math Blasters. Math Blasters, yeah. N- number Muncher. Or um uh I had this one that I know that nobody here's played called Math Racer. And it was just like a car racing game, except you did math to make the car go faster. I remember playing Escape Jared Fogel's Dungeon. <laughs> that was a fun game. And educational. <laughs> what did you learn? To never go in his house. <laughs> See, Jared, you wanted to end the podcast early. We would have missed that, <laughs> which would have been a shame. <laughs> All right. I have a question, yeah, Jared. Educational as, games are bad. Ask your question, Doug. As a resident Hearthstone expert, yes, is timer abuse rampant? In in what regard? Like, uh, as in, like you, they've made their move and they just wait. Well, so that would the the wick starts to burn down, even though they're not doing anything. So that would qualify as bad manners, and typically that would mean that it's one of two things: either either they're lagging out and it's unrelated to anything, or they know that you're going to beat them, or they're upset about something that you've done, 
And so they're deliberately trying to upset you the only but, way that they can upset you. But it shouldn't happen on turn one, right? <laughs> that's just that's just somebody who's like playing on a second screen or something with like a kid. Uh, or right. I, I, I have, I've had two in a row and it was annoying. Are you playing? What, what's making you play? How did this happen? Every once in a while, I'll mess around with it. You'll dabble. Yeah, and then I get my ass handed to me, and then I stop playing. Just a bit. Do you? Hey, that reminds me. Hey, have you played uh, the new World of Warcraft patch, Doug? Yeah. It's... What, what's up with them naval battles? What they are? It's it's garrison missions, but with ships, and they're shitty. <laughs> Basically, it... everything is shitty. Is there really naval battles now? Yeah, no. there's re- there's really well, they call them naval battles. So when you guys log into World of Warcraft, I'm curious, when you log into it, are you like, are you playing with like your friends? Do you have friends who play it or do you just get in by yourself? Like, I have a guild. I have a guild that I've had for like five years on and off. And like, do you know people in it still or do you get on and you're like, who the fuck are you guys? I know. No, I have like, it's been a pretty consistent group for, for even before I joined. So that's, that's kind of incredible. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, I definitely, I definitely had a ton of shitty guilds before, and I definitely had a ton of like real world friends or friends I knew from uh, the webcomic days that would show up and then stop playing after a couple of months. So they've been in and out. But I had this one consistent guild for a half decade now, which is actually kind of depressing. So, Doug, do you just play with like pickup groups, or what do you do? Yeah, like the uh, looking for raids and stuff like that. Oh, because like there's a system now in place, right? Yeah. You're not just like using chat to find people anymore. They treat me like a like a third class citizen now, which is one reason why I really can't stand playing it. How how so? What does that mean? Like in the last expansion, like I could do like the dungeons, and they were a little bit harder, and I'd get gear. It wasn't as good as like what you could get as a normal raid. But I would still look good, and then this time they're like, "Your your gear's gonna just be really, really shitty and look retarded." So I have. Very I could always want to play it. I could always craft you some shit. But I, I'm confu- oh, crafting is super fucked up too. I'm confused. Like, so you are doing like the same raids, but you're getting crappier equipment. Yeah, I mean they're easier. They are easier, and so I understand why they do it. But it wasn't that way in the last pat, uh, the last expansion, so it's a little bit of a bummer. Oh wait, wait, wait. So you mean they're easier because you're soloing them, or what are you? I don't oh, understand. No, why are they still in a group environment? It's just since it's all like randomized, your group uh, they make it a lot so, easier. So yeah, they made they they oh. made a, a couple of ways to to jump into groups and and I don't know. There's like there's like dungeon guys, adventuring guys, and. Uh, new forms of looking for group and all this other shit that they've done to make it... I, I don't know. I don't know because I've got my guild and I've put up with that bullshit. So wait, I still don't get it. You're playing World of Warcraft in 2015? <laughs> On purpose, I, no less. I get... Right. I mean, I get bored easily. To it. Now they have their tell, own house. Tell me, tell me what other killer apps came out this summer I need to be playing. Uh, hey, you know what I've been playing for the last couple of days that I'm actually really having a stupid amount of fun with that you guys should come play with me is Ark Survival Evolved. Um, it's a game like Rust, except you tame dinosaurs. Oh, I'm I'm gonna go eat it now. <laughs> it's actually pretty. It's pretty good. Um, it was actually shown in the Xbox uh, press uh, like demo at Gamescom today, and their trailer is so fucking full of shit. Because that game is barely optimized for, like, the best NVIDIA cards. 
there is no way that it is going to run that smooth and look that good on the Xbox One. I am proclaiming it right here, right now. That is the absolute truth. It is going to be impossible for it to look that good. Hey, what, what the fuck? Why haven't I heard about this game before? It's pretty good. I've, I'm really enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. It's got a learning curve. Like any survival game, it takes some time to like ramp up and, and be consistent and be good. There's a shark. Wait, I'm sorry. Uh, there's a guy fighting a stegosaurus with a machine gun? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's pretty good. It's called ARK. A-R-K. Survival Evolved. And it's just rust with dinosaurs. It's and a dragon. I, do you guys know who Gold Vision is? No, I don't think most people know Gold Vision. Sure, why not? He did a video where he was playing Ark, and he basically like filmed like his first, his very very first time playing the game, and he runs into this other player, and he's like, "Hey, do you want to come join our tribe?" And he doesn't know what to do, so he's like, "Yeah, sure, I'll come join your tribe." And so he goes and they take him back to like this enormous base where they have like a giant garage where they park their dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and they, get him, they get him all equipped up and all set up and, and give him like food and armor. And the guy loans him like his, his saber tooth tiger to ride around. And, yeah, okay. And then, and then as they're going out to like go hunting, the guy just, just casually tells him, he's like, by the way, on this server... We're at war with a bunch of people who don't speak English. So if if you encounter anybody who doesn't speak English, you have to kill them. <laughs> didn't this didn't this happen in Rust too? <laughs> it usually does. Usually there will be like an installation of Russians or something that everybody uh, uh, bans against because <laughs> you know another so, language. So it's like a real live culture war going on here, huh? There is, except everyone's riding dinosaurs. And so like in this video, the guy the guy runs over, he sees like two people who are obviously just starting out. They like don't have clothes and are just walking around and he like walks up, he runs up to him and he's like, Hey, say something in English. And he like <laughs> does a does a test on them to make sure. Oh, something feels wrong about this. That's why these games are so great though, because they create these weird scenarios like that where you have a race war, <laughs> like just out of nowhere. But yeah, they, they emailed us and asked if we uh, asked about or like to tell us about some new feature or something. And I was so intrigued. I asked if they'd send over a key and uh, and they did. And it was great. Ask if they'll send another one. Yeah, get get a couple more. Yeah, get get a few more. If you guys and will then... play it, we'll make it happen. Okay. Yeah, definitely. That's this is actually pretty awesome. It, Let's do it. It's a pretty cool game. Like I said, it's not very Let's optimized, though. So even in the best circumstances, it's not going to run great. All right, I think that we hit a good stopping point now. There's probably an hour of content somewhere in there. <laughs> We're great. All right, if you enjoyed our podcast today, come come out and see us at the Salt Lake Gaming Con this weekend. Come, come out and see us sometime. Or come see us at PAX. We'll be at PAX sexy? later this month. Um, go follow us on Facebook, come, Twitter. Come and get sexy with us. We're at The Enemy Slime on both of the services, and you can... Where we're, where we're getting sexy. You can indeed come and get sexy with us. Um, it's not going to be, like, super sexy, but relatively sexy. Yeah, we're not We're not in good shape. So. Yeah, and we're not John Fogel. I mean, who is? <laughs> I guess just him. Anyway, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening. Go check out our website, enemyslime.com. And uh, and with that, we are out. We are done.